What's going on? Welcome to I Do Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. To all of you subscribers and longtime listeners, thank you for being here. If you've never heard the show, you are in the right place if you're looking to improve your relationship, whether you're single, married, or dating. We interview the world's leading experts, therapists, counselors, psychologists about how to improve your relationship. And we have a wide range of topics. And today is just another one of those that we're all going to face whether or not we've had it before or you're going to have it in the future and that is jealousy and we talk to Dr. Suzanne Deggs-White. It's actually her second time on the show. And Dr. Suzanne is a professor and chair of the Department of Counseling Adult and Higher Education at Northern Illinois University. And she also performs academic research, which explores transitions and development over the lifespan with a strong focus on intimate family relationships and friendships. So definitely someone who is knowledgeable. Uh, the last show we had her on, we talked about how Netflix can improve your relationship. Yes. Yeah. So if you want an excuse to uh, go on a Netflix binge, check out episode 94 with Suzanne and uh, we talk all about it. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need an excuse. You just get sucked in. But yeah, that was a good one. And, and today, when we talk about jealousies, she gives us some tools that will apply to the whole relationship, whether or not you feel like jealousy is a problem with yourself or with your partner. But certainly, uh, if jealousy is an issue, you have come to the right episode. But if not, what Sarah and I really liked, because I don't think jealousy is too much of an issue at all. Sarah's shaking her head no, no. which is good. <laughs> so, uh, But that is striking when the iron is cold. Yes, totally. Yeah. And I we shared in there how that tool alone is going to really help Chase and I just because it makes so much of a difference. Tell them what that means. Well, striking when it's cold is basically not addressing an issue that you're having with your partner or attacking or blaming your partner in the middle of what uh, you are trying when they're doing something that you're trying to correct. So basically waiting until what you want to talk to them about until they're not doing it anymore. Yeah. Or like, don't bring up an issue when they're walking out the door to go to work or something like that. And uh, yeah, it's simple, but really valuable tip. And Suzanne gives us a lot more in today's episode. Before we continue on to our episode today, we have an announcement. And that's that we are doing a retreat in Hood River, Oregon this summer. Yeah, Hood River is an amazing spot and there is no better way to improve your relationship than trying new things together. And Hood River is the perfect place to do this. It's in the Columbia River Gorge. It's a national scenic byway. It is stunning. We've spent about five summers there. I always go there uh, for stand-up paddle racing and we will be doing a lot of fun activities with you guys. There's whitewater rafting. We'll be doing stand-up paddleboarding, waterfall hikes, wine tasting in the vineyards there, are, and there's orchards, and it's absolutely beautiful. You have Mount Hood, which is almost an 11,000-foot mountain that's 
covered in snow in the middle of summer. And, and it's just a beautiful place. And we want to share it with you guys. And we will also be doing relationship strengthening exercises each day. So you're going to be doing all these new things, which is always good for your relationship. And also doing deliberate practice in your communication and a lot of other things that will be led by a professional therapist. So we are looking forward to sharing this uh, this exciting time with you guys. Yeah, the retreat is going to be held on July 28th through August 2nd in Hood River, Oregon, like we said. And uh, you can find out more information on the retreat on our website at idopodcast.com. You can go up at, t- up at the top of the website and you'll see where it says retreats and uh, you'll find all the information, uh, even more details um, than what we said. And of course, if you have any questions, um, send them our way. Yeah, and you can also check the show notes for that link. And we had a lot of inquiries for our Costa Rica retreat, but we didn't really give enough time leading up to it for international travel. People were trying to get their passports sorted and and we definitely are going to put Costa Rica on the on the agenda for 2019. But for, for this year, we thought it would be a lot easier for you guys. You fly into Portland. It's super easy to get to. And uh, it's kind of like it's it's not a well-known place, I feel like, because I didn't really know about Hood River too much, but it is like this hidden gem. It's not too hidden. A fair amount of people <laughs> in the Pacific Northwest know about it, but it is, it is stunning. You'll, you'll see the pictures on our website, and you'll see why it's such a special place. And uh, yeah, we, we'd be excited to have you guys there and, and share it with you. So we hope you guys enjoyed today's show. And again, check out idopodcast.com or the show notes for information on the Hood River Couples Retreat. And we will definitely be talking about it more in the future. Enjoy the show. Hi, Suzanne. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, Suzanne, we've given our listeners a little overview, told them about your work and helping people improve their relationships. So why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy what you do. Okay, I'm currently a professor and department chair of a counselor education program. And what I enjoy most about the work I do is I love to talk to people about their relationships, their lives. I love to be able to help people find the answers they're seeking to problems that have them stumped. And it's really great to see so many people willing to make a change in their lives to make their lives better, which also enhances their relationships. So it's kind of fun to watch the the way things grow, um, kind of like the ripple effect. Yeah, it is a great thing to work on the really the most important things in our lives, and that is the relationship with ourselves and with others. So it is, uh, it's an honor to have people like you on and be able to share this valuable information for, for ourselves and for our listeners. And today's topic is one that I'm sure at some point everyone has encountered in their lives. And that is that of jealousy. And we're going to talk about emotional and sexual jealousy. And when I think of jealousy, I think of it as being primarily a, a more of an adolescent and an immature uh, reaction. 
But I think we're all maybe a little bit prone to it, but maybe we're able to work through it as we grow older and, and more confident in ourselves and in our relationships. So why don't we just jump right in, talk about jealousy and how it's manifesting in, in relationships today. We know jealousy is one of those primal instincts. When we think about sibling rivalry, when we think about um, wanting to acquire things, jealousy is all about feeling like we need to get our fair share. Um, I think it's, we all know that the world is full of limited resources, and we all want to make sure that we're able to take care of ourselves and take care of those people we care about. But when it comes to relationships, we do feel because it's very important to both genders. There's different kinds of jealousy, different kinds of um, ones that really drive us and that we think our partner is giving us and our partner that we may not be giving them what they deserve. So that's when jealousy springs up, when we're fearful that someone else is getting the attention or the time that we feel we deserve in a relationship. Um, emotional jealousy is kind of that jealousy you feel when you imagine someone getting close to someone and deepening a friendship. When we think about kind of that, there's a there's a joke about the office wife that your partner, if, you know, if they have someone at work who kind of feels that need of making sure that they've got their ducks in a row at work, just like you think a spouse would do at home. General joke about office wife, but when you worry getting too close and too emotionally involved with someone else, that's when that sense of emotional jealousy springs up. Um, we feel like someone's getting the attention, the conversation, the kindness that we're used to getting exclusively from our partner. Sexual jealousy is more about when we think that our partner is sexually interested in someone else, where it's not so much the emotional connection, but that they might be having an affair, they might be engaged in online activities, getting a little too close for comfort with other people, and that's when that sense of sexual jealousy comes up, when when you're afraid your partner may be um, unfaithful, infidelity, and that kind of truest sense, but emotional jealousy is when someone's getting that attention that you feel should be reserved for you. Now, we're going to unpack a lot here, and and I think I, I want to ask you to start, how common is this, uh, are you finding in, in the people you work with? Is this something that a lot of people are are facing in, in adult relationships? Well, I think the advent of the Internet, the World Wide Web, has caused a lot of issues to kind of bubble up that once before we didn't have to worry about. Um, before, if your partner was getting, you know, had friends at work, you didn't think much about it because their energy and time and their inter- interaction was really not at home, not in your social world, but reserved for work. So you kind of didn't know, and, so you, did, and you were glad they felt you know, connected with people at work. Unfortunately, the Internet and cell phones um, allow us to kind of keep in touch with people outside of um, the hours that maybe we should be connecting with other people. If you think about the the man or the woman who maybe is at one of their Little League games and texting with someone that's not related to the family, not their spouse, that that can cause a sense of jealousy to flare up. So I think the more available and connected we are to other people through electronic means, the more the opportunity for a sense of jealousy to spring up between people. And it is that the idea of online affairs, um, that was something that didn't exist, you know, three decades ago, two decades ago, um, 
very widely, but now you hear about a lot of emotional infidelity because of people using electronic means of communication to connect with people that aren't their spouses. And whether it's an actual sexual relationship that takes place, there is sometimes that sense of emotional disconnection between a person and their partner because they're turning to someone else. They might think they're helping someone get through something difficult. They might be, you know, filling somebody a need for someone else. And technology allows people to get closer to other potential romantic interests in ways that are not as physically intrusive as we think of the typical cheating partner might be. So is it more common? It, I think it is more common, but it's a different form of, of sense of jealousy springing up. Sometimes I feel like jealousy gets a bad rap. So at what point is jealousy bad for the relationship or jealousy is just a concern of the relationship? Well, you know, jealousy does get a bad rap because it is kind of, it does have a strong negative connotation because we think if someone's jealous that they don't, that maybe they don't have a right to be jealous. That jealous is, you know, it's like anger. You know, these are words, we don't want to be mad, but we may be concerned. We don't want to be jealous, but maybe we should be concerned. And there are times when um, you do kind of have to think about, is this appropriate behavior for me to be responding to this other person emotionally when I'm sitting here with my own family. It's when what what often happens with emotional connections is they get they do get deeper faster. There's that sense of distance. You kind of feel because you're typing into a cell phone or you're typing into a computer, whatever that might be, but we're we we find ourselves going deeper and revealing more about ourselves when we can do it through kind of that distance distance invoking way through touch you know through touch screens or through cell phones so it's kind of like when you're in an elevator with strangers if you get stuck you might share a lot more about yourself than you would with a good friend and do it quickly because you're in this confined space you don't know what's going to happen it's it's kind of and you feel like I'll never see these people again so there's a sense of distance I'll feel the same thing with texting and with with emails. You might share more because you've got that sense of distance, and you and you don't have to be intimately with a person face to face, revealing parts of yourself. And so, in a way, when you do spend more time texting people um, other than the person you're sitting with, it is a way of being unfaithful to the relationship. If it's something you're doing to deepen a relationship with someone who is not your partner. Partner. So sometimes it is very legitimate to feel concerned if a partner is spending more time, is devoting more family time externally than to the people that that person is around. Um, jealous, is it jealousy or is it concern about the relationship? And there is kind of a fine line. You don't want your partner to be jealous, but you do feel they have a right to be, you know, communicate to you about the relationship you have with that person. Technology and social media is certainly changing the social dynamics of relationships with our partners, with our friends. It's it's really, I don't think we even fully know the impact or can understand what, what it's doing because it's such a new thing for the human species. And in some ways it's great, but I think it can be extremely detrimental. And, and, you know, if you ever go out to dinner, I guarantee go out to dinner tonight, you look around, 
there will be a significant portion of people sitting at a table with each other and looking at a phone and and not interacting. So we talk about it a lot on this podcast because I think it's an important issue um, for for humanity in general, but certainly on the level of the relationship. So going to this jealousy, it doesn't even have to be the opposite sex that you're talking to through text or communicating with you. You can just be spending this emotional um, capital uh, on, on social media and not with your partner. So it's just really important to be aware of that. I agree, Chase. It's extremely important because if you think, you know, I, I think all of us, even those of us who weren't, you know, 12 when cell phones came out, it's amazing how quickly each generation took to the idea of texting and, and you know, connecting email. It really was kind of a natural um, evolution for people of all ages. And now they have, you know, as each new technology comes out, it's more responsive to that particular age group. But it, but it spans generations, and a lot of us enjoy the idea that we can connect with people with short little texts or, e- you know, even emails fallen by the wayside now. Usually it's text, Instagram, Snapchat, um, all these other quick modes of communication. And in a way, we can think, wow, our social connections have really grown, but we're forgetting that we need to concentrate on those people who are with us on a daily basis, making sure that, you know, that our life, you know, bumps along quite happily, that when we are spending more time, you know, connected to a cell phone, eyes on that little screen, it it does erode the relationship with the people around us. And I think it's not just, like I said, it used to be, oh, it's young people, but it's not young people. It's young people midlife people, older adult people, all of us are finding, you know, kind of enjoy that idea that we're able to stay connected. But in, but in staying connected electronically to people who aren't there, if we've got people sitting in the room with us, we really need to reprioritize where we're, where we're investing our energy. Relationships are difficult to maintain. You know, a relationship without a sense of trust and commitment and connection, romantic relationships can truly crumble. And if we're spending more time building relationships with other friends, supporting coworkers, we may you know look around and realize that we've really done a lot of detrimental harm to our primary relationships. So if I'm a partner who's feeling jealous, if I'm feeling, uh, whether it's sexual or emotional jealousy, that my partner, and, and let's just take what's probably the, the widest example right now is of that online interaction. How can I bring it up in, in the relationship so that it can be addressed and dealt with in a positive way? Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. When I heard that RX Bar was sponsoring the podcast, I was very excited because I'm pretty much obsessed with these things. I was looking for bars, I think it was last year, and I found RX Bars, the chocolate with sea salt, that's my favorite, and I absolutely love them. And almost most importantly, they're made with 100% whole ingredients and they have protein in them because we try to eat healthy and they don't have fillers, additives, chemicals, or added sugar. So not only do they taste great, but they don't have all of that bad stuff that you find in other bars. All the junk. All the and junk. they just came out with a kid's version. So RX Bar Kids and our daughter, which 
our daughter Stella, she's two, she loves eating yours. And so she's going to be super excited to be able to have her own bars now. And they come in three flavors, which I know you're going to love because you're a chocolate lover, but they have chocolate chip, apple, cinnamon, raisin, and berry blast. And they're great for any occasion, especially for us when we're going to the beach, we just throw a bar into the stroller and we're ready to go. Yeah, I'm not sharing my bars with <laughs> Stella anymore. She can't have them. She's got to eat her RX bars kids now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you can get RX bars at Target stores or you can go online to their website and get 25% off your first order. And their website is rxbar.com forward slash I do. And if you enter the promo code I do, you can get that 25% off. That's rxbar.com forward slash I do. Today's episode is also brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash idpodcast. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from, including our recommended book, Love Lands, by psychotherapist and previous guest on our show, Dr. Deborah Campbell. Chase and I are both in the middle of reading the book, and it's pretty amazing. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash I do podcast. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash I do podcast to get your free audiobook of Lovelands. Well, probably the most important thing with any particular issue is is to strike when the iron is cold. Sometimes if something's, you know, sometimes you want to hit hit your partner with information like right when you see it happening, but when you do that, you're 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 putting them on the defensive right away because they're engaged if if they're picking up their phone to text someone, you say, "Hey, put your phone down." Um if they really need to connect with this person, it may turn into a fight really quickly, an argument, you know, you're putting them on the defensive. But if you're, you know, say, you know, say I think it's really important for couples to kind of um, have connection time each week where they can kind of check in. I think having, you know, either an evening where you dine together, you know, like let's say you have a kind of just having like a, a at work, you know, you have your group, weekly group meetings or team meetings to think of your relationship as, you know, a team and, you know, kind of have a team meeting monthly, weekly, whatever works for you to kind of connect and say, you know, here are some of the things that, I'm, you know, that 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 I'm at fault for. Here are the things maybe that I'm reacting too strongly to. Kind of, you know, own own your feelings, and find a way to kind of talk about how it feels for you coming from a place of prioritization and a place of needing, you know, that you're connected to your partner, and you still want to know that they're connected to you. And mentioning your needs in a way that doesn't come across as being too needy is also important because sometimes the harder someone says, you know, the, the more needy someone becomes, sometimes our reaction is trying to, to back off, to distance ourselves because some of us don't want to feel responsible for our partner's happiness. And we shouldn't expect a partner to be fully responsible for our happiness, but we do have a right to have a partner, you know, commit to making our relationship and their partner a, a priority. So having a conversation about it where it's not going to create a fight is really important, especially when someone's about to contact someone, whatever it might be, that's just, you're setting it up for, a, a, you're dooming the discussion before it ever gets started. So finding a kind of a quiet place, a place where you, you, you're used to connecting to each other and talking about things that are going on between the two of you. And that's just, I think that's important if you've been married for one year or been married for 50 years or together that long. 
to, to have a space where you can talk about what's going on in the relationship. I can't agree with you more on that because it is truly amazing the difference it makes in a conversation when you're not trying to correct your partner right in the middle of them doing what you're trying to correct them from doing. Right, right. <laughs> it just, it always blows up. It is never a productive conversation. And I'm speaking from, you know, from example, from Chase and I, if I, you know, try to mention something to Chase when he's doing it, it it's never a good reaction. And, and the same thing uh, when he does with me. So it's like constantly remembering that and, and replaying that scenario so that it doesn't happen is, it'll be a game changer. <laughs> Right. It, it can't, it really can be. Striking when the iron is cool is just, it's just so important in relationships. Because you, it, when, you, when it comes down to wanting to make sure you're someone's priority, when they're about to do something that you feel gives that wrong message, they're going to get defensive and then you're going to not like it because they'll go on the attack. Just because we do that. And some of the things we do in relationships are really natural reactions to, you know, just the situation. And, you know, that need to defend our actions, for some people, they're just super defensive. And if you know that about your partner, yeah, think about the times when, you know, what makes it easy for them to hear constructive feedback? What makes it easy for them to hear your feelings? And and, and to use that to your advantage rather than assuming they've got to listen to me when I want to say it, being sure to let to, to get the, the mood right so that what you share won't come back in your face. Just just always important to, to, to speak, you know, the languages of love, speaking the language that your partner hears. Why is it so hard to, quote, bite our tongue and not, because <laughs> can you, can you help us out there? Because definitely it's like, I'll, I know it's probably best if I don't say something right. to, to correct. I know in the moment, but it's so hard sometimes. How can yeah. we practice uh, tabling that discussion uh, for when the iron's cooler? Yes, that's a great question, Chase, because every one of us have, you know, we all have different flashpoints. Every one of us has something that really drives us crazy. And it's so hard for us because you know, most of us just, we, we, we love our partner and we're thinking we want this relationship to be really strong and I know what has to change for things to get better and it's my partner. We kind of have that notion a lot. Of, and that's one thing when people come to um, counseling, they want to know how they can change their partner. And it's not all, you can't change your partner, you can change yourself. And really, um, I think, you know, the, the old expression, success breeds success. And I think being conscious, you know, first you've got to admit that you tend to, you know, you know, I'll tend to fly off the handle or I'll tend to say what I think right away. I've got to give myself a chance. I've got to remind myself that, okay, self-talk. I'm not going to, I'm going to talk about this when my partner puts their phone down. I'm not going to say anything now. And then, you know, training myself, and it's really training ourselves to be better and more effective communicators. And I think that's, you know, just realizing that our first instinct is coming from protection, is coming from a sense of scarcity, that we're afraid we're not getting the attention we deserve. But when we come from that place, we're, um, you know, we're, we're setting ourselves up for a fight. And we just, you know, it just takes practice, you know, and, and then when you, when you're able to kind of hold your tongue and then bring it up after they put the phone down, or when you're kind of you know, at a place where you're both you know, feeling like, okay, now's the time to have some important discussions. If, if you're able to have that discussion then, that could be one of those successes. And you know, kind of draw on that, that, okay, I was quiet. I was able to talk about it logically. I was able to talk about it without getting too upset. 
and I've got to remember that this is more effective. And it's really self-training. It's communication training. And we know that, you know, relationships, two key components are trust and communication. And being able to trust that you've already won your partner's heart, you've already, you know, they've already committed to you. And now I've got to be able to communicate, you know, as my needs change or a situation shift, you know, how, how, how I'm changing so that we can find a way to change together. Another um, helpful exercise that I've heard and that I try to do when I'm in this situation is to ask myself whether or not what I'm about to say is going to hurt or help the relationship. And, you know, like Chase said, most of the times we know and we just can't bite our tongue. So if you ask yourself that and you you come up with the answer that it's probably not going to be helpful for the relationship, you're probably right. And it's like not the best time and try to focus on that uh, situation or work on that situation at another time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think we should all, you know, we we do know, we know in our hearts, you know, is this a bad decision or a good decision when it comes to our relationships? Because we know our partners well, and we know ourselves well, too. And I think anytime we have to ask ourselves, is this a good idea? It's not. <laughs> Just in general in life, you know, if, we, if we're asking ourselves that, then then our hunch is telling us just to hold on. And I think we all need to think about that and, and, and to give ourselves, trust our guts, because sometimes if we trust our gut, it will come off a lot better than if we're just going, you know, from an immediate emotional reaction and trying to communicate from when you're in an emotional, you know, when your emotions are raised, you're not going to be as strong a communicator as if you of calm. Yeah, timing is such an important part of this and a part of communication. It Like, I think it's important to note, like, it's okay to feel uh, annoyed at, at something your partner's doing or to feel jealousy. But the timing of that discussion, like you said, like Sarah saying, deciding if it's going to be good or bad for the relationship, that's good in the moment. But then if it's something that's bothering her, and we found this, I've kind of figured out more recently that I'll get irritable if Sarah brings something up like as I'm going out the door and it might not even be something that I should be irritated about but because I feel rushed and and like I'm I'm running out the door to go to go do some work and then it's like oh well here's this thing that we need to discuss it's like I'm gonna be short with her I'm gonna be I'm not gonna like sit down and and that's something I want to work on but that's also something that and then I told Sarah this happened the other day after the fact I said I apologize I I was being kind of short but maybe next time let's it's just not going to be a productive conversation if uh if I'm being rushed out the door yeah, when you're when you're when your energy is moving towards a certain point, trying to interrupt that flow, one, it, it's telling you what you're doing isn't valuable because it's devaluing what your plans are, and it's kind of interrupting that flow, and and you're not going to want to hear it. So, you know, making sure there's time in your relationship where you can have difficult discussions. There's not a relationship that's going to be smooth sailing forever. As much as you love someone, you're still two individual people with individual systems, individual needs, and you're going to you come across purposes at some point in the relationship. 
So making sure that you give time to be able to sit down, you know, calmly and discuss things that, that may be painful to discuss. It's, it's just essential that you find a way to overcome your fear of having honest conversations and overcome your tendency to react too strongly if you're that kind of person when you have these difficult conversations. Relationships are work. No matter how you slice it, you have to learn how to kind of flex in response to your partner's needs or your partner's tendencies. Absolutely. And and so timing. So if you're feeling jealous, going back to jealousy, bringing it up and in, in not when your partner is picking up the, the phone to call their friend or, or on social media messaging with someone, that's going to be huge. Now, and then communicating around that issue and, and, and talking about it and expressing your feelings. But is there ever a time when, so say you communicate the feelings and your partner's like, you know, maybe they get defensive or, or they're like, oh, it's no big deal. Is there ever a time when we need to be more secure in ourselves and in the relationship and in that to prevent that jealousy from, from popping up? You know, absolutely. I mean, I think we have to remember if if this person has is in an exclusive relationship, and you've already won. You've already you know you've already got the relationship you were hoping to get. Remember that the more insecure you are, the more damage potentially to the relationship. Insecurity kind of it, it is detrimental to relationships because it start it once you lose trust and you stop feeling you know, you stop believing that you are the person your partner wants to spend their life with. The once trust starts eroding, then that's the end of that can lead to the end of a relationship really quickly. Um, you've got to remember that that relationships take work. One, they also require a lot of trust, and also if you expect your partner to believe in you, you have to believe in yourself. Because if you feel that you're not worthy of that partner then that, that your partner may begin to think, well, maybe, you know, this person is not worthy. Maybe there's a reason, you know, maybe maybe they're right to feel like they're not enough for me. So being aware of how you're, the message you're sending and jealousy, jealousy, sometimes it's kind of, you know, sometimes it's kind of fun. Oh, yeah, you were jealous of the time I spent. You know, you, you, when I flirt with this person, you, you, you're kind of jealous. And that can be kind of a turn on in a way. But if you're constantly jealous, if you're checking their phone, if you're going, you know, out of your way to breed a sense of doubting your partner, none of us like to be doubted. You know, a little bit of, you know, jealousy because you dance with someone else or something like that is one thing. But when you begin to doubt your partner and you're really feeling that they that, that that they are in they're being in unfaithful emotionally, physically, whatever it might be, that's when you're you've got to tell yourself that you you were the one they chose and you've got to let those doubts go. So <laughs> In uh, an article that you wrote on psychology today, and you talked about jealousy, at the end you mentioned um, polyamory and, and, and didn't get too much into that, but I just want to talk a little bit uh, about that as that is kind of a, a trending area of relationships that's getting more, uh, I guess, uh, screen media time, attention, right, media yeah. attention, publicity. Let's talk about that from the perspective, because to me, that's like the extreme of of testing uh, communication in a relationship, and certainly jealousy. Um, 
Can you maybe talk about that uh, in, in general and then in related to uh, jealousy here? Sure, yeah. Polyamory, it is, it's interesting how much more attention that gets. We used to talk, there used to be books, I guess, back in the 70s, I guess, 60s, 70s, about the open relationship. But now the term is polyamory. And it's the idea that you can have, you, you can love people equally or as passionately. And it's not the sense there has to be an exclusive one two-partner dyadic relationship, this idea that you can have multiple people, you can love, um, you know, have two, you have more than two or three different partners who you feel are really essential partners to you. But, but research shows that even in polyamory, usually everyone has to agree kind of who, where people kind of um, belong in that relationship. If there are three people, is it, you know, three that are equal, you know, opportunity, equal access, equal equal standing, or is there maybe a primary dyadic couple, or maybe there's a primary triad if there's four or more people involved in it? So even though there's this idea that you can love multiple people at one time, in polyamorous relationships, the, the each person involved kind of has to have an understanding of what the priorities are and how each one stands in relationship to the others. And you have to be, you know, and, and jealousy can still spring up. It's, I think je- jealousy and fear of someone getting what is rightfully yours is one of those primary instinctual drives. And though logically we want to believe that, you know, everything, it's open, we don't care, we don't, you know, there, there are times when even people who consciously agree to and non-dyadic relationship can feel a sense of jealousy or that someone's getting more of their share than they should. Certainly. And and where do you fall, uh, your professional opinion on on this? And, and uh, have you encountered that in, in your practice at all? I, yeah, well, there have been um, a couple of individuals who were actively involved in what they considered polyamorous open relationships. And, you know, if, if when it comes to consenting adults, if if that's the way they, they feel they can best function, if it's if everyone is okay with the system, if no one is getting hurt, then I don't feel, you know, as a counselor, it's not my job to tell, you know, to, to put my values on any clients. That's not, you know, that, that's part of our ethical code. And it's when, in what my role as a counselor and, you know, helping professionals is to ensure that people are feeling satisfied in the relationships that they're forming and that they feel that their needs are being met. And we, we you know, when I counsel people, I counsel a client, try, and there's always going to be a primary client. And if there were a, a group of people, then it would be a family counseling type of, you know, if there are three or four adults engaged in a polyamorous relationship, if they consider themselves a family, then we'd be working to ensure that everyone felt that they were, you know, that, that things were working out to what they felt was their ideal. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where it's a changing idea. It, the fact that, it, it, that this isn't a new situation, but the idea that we now have a term, we now have research studies, we now have kind of this idea that we've legitimized the idea of polyamory when before we were kind of legitimizing open marriage. 
And so the idea is not new, just we're, we're seeing it more frequently and more publicly than we had in the past. Like a lot of relationships, you know, things come and go with the times, depending on how open a society or a culture is to, to things that are different from what we consider the norm. It's definitely an interesting discussion, and we'll have to have have a full podcast on it to really dive in. And, and But I just think from a, a jealousy standpoint, that will certainly test you uh if you if you're in an open or polyamorous relationship um everything needs to be out in the open it seems like for it to be successful and then you really have to keep those jealous feelings in check but uh even if you are in a monogamous relationship there those feelings are going to come up and i think you've given us some great tools for for communicating around it and, and talking about it. Before we wrap up, are there any things that uh, you want to leave our listeners with to really consider um, when it comes to jealousy and their relationship? Well, I think the important thing to remember is that if your partner has chosen you, then then you've won you've won the contest. That there's you know you don't have to be. You don't have to let insecurity get in the way of enjoying that your partner. And if you worry that your partner is getting too close to others, then it's important that you speak up. Um, relationship, our primary relationship should be our primary priority, but making sure that you don't approach the topic when you're likely to stir up a fight is the best thing. You know, talking to people about difficult subjects is best done when you're both in agreement that it's time to talk about difficult subjects. But jealousy is kind of a human response, kind of an instinct, and um, to be aware that you know that 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 it that can get between a happy couple. And the more insecure you're feeling, or the more insecurity you're investing in the relationship, the the more distance that's putting between you and your partner. Well, thank you so much for uh, all this great information. I know we're going to be able to implement it into our relationship and our listeners. Strike so. when the iron's cold. <laughs> Strike when the iron is cold. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, thank you so much for giving me the chance to share with y'all. And do you want to tell our listeners uh, where they can find you online or your blog? And then, uh, and then we can say goodbye. Sure. My blog is on www.psychologytoday.com's website. You can type in Degs White in the search bar and um, land on all my blogs that are that are housed there. Thank you very much for asking. Great. Well, thank you. And we'll put all those links on your show notes page on our website at idopodcast.com. And uh, again, thanks so much for coming back on the show and uh, have a great day. Thank you, Sarah. Take care. Bye-bye. We hope you guys enjoyed today's show. If you want to check out the show notes or the interview links from today's show, head on over to our website at idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab and you'll see this interview up at the top, followed by all of our other past interviews. And while you're on our website, check out our 14-day happy couple challenge We send you a daily email with doable challenges to help strengthen and make your relationship even better. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources in the form of downloadable guides and workbooks. Um, So for example, uh, some of the topics include how to cultivate respect in a relationship, how to heal from a bad breakup step-by-step guides to help couples manage conflict, 
how to affair proof your relationship. Those are just a few of the topics that we talk about uh, in these free guides. So if any of those sound interesting to you, you can check those out on our website at idopodcast.com. We hope you guys enjoyed today's show.